Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. A lot of attention on Saturday up in Dallas, the Red River rivalry with Texas and Oklahoma, first time since 2011, both undefeated. But also, there's a game in College Station just a few hours away, about the time that Texas OU game wraps up, where Alabama... And Texas A&M meet at Kyle Field. It will be rocking. And we're joined by the voice of Texas A&M, Andrew Monaco, here with us on 365 Sports. What do you think, Andrew? I know there's the loss early to Miami, who's ranked in the top 20. But what do you think the anticipation is going to be? Will it be like maybe the most recent one? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. When you consider the last two times that they played, it came down to the final play. Two years ago, Seth Small kicks the field goal. Last year, Alabama makes the play as the Aggies down 24-20. One final shot. They break up the pass intended for Evan Stewart. I think uh, Kyle Field will be absolutely electric on Saturday. They have been camping out the students for ticket pull since the ULM game. Uh, And then after Auburn, and we were on the road last week at Arkansas. So uh, kind of a little bit of uh, camping out in tents. And it seems each of the um, sports teams have Uh, taking the opportunity to feed the students who have been waiting for ticket pull for this Saturday's game. I I think it's going to be absolutely uh, another special one in what's becoming a nice rivalry in the SEC. Andrew, uh, Max Johnson uh, came in and played really well uh, against Auburn. He played okay the other day. He had turnovers. Uh, What do you think Max Johnson, like where are we going to find who Max Johnson is? I think you see a little of it. I think I think automatically you see the preparation and the reason why Max Johnson is something special. He's not a backup. He's just another starter uh, and give Jimbo Fisher a lot of credit. See, Max is a quarterback son. So uh, you know that you have to be ready. At a moment notice, you can come in. He makes Connor Wigman better. The relationship obviously is there. Um, they both went through some trials last year. Um and what you saw was his preparation against Auburn and the offense was humming. You saw uh, after Arkansas had the ball for uh, over eight minutes on their first drive, the Aggies answered with a, with a touchdown. And again, I think the tempo is the same. I think that respect is the same. Can't throw the pick and especially not a pick six. And you have to protect the, the football. So uh, there, there's always ways to get better. Uh, but for someone, Jimbo uses the phrase, saddle time for a quarterback. Max Johnson has saddle time in the SEC. 
This will be the third time that he faces Alabama, and he does it probably with the most dynamic offense that he's had if you compare them to the two years that he had at LSU when uh, the Tigers took on the Tide. Andrew, looking at uh, another part of that offense with the running game, obviously they've had a, a really great string of, of running backs over the past few years, but Le'Veon Moss, the lead guy right now, I know they had over 200 yards as a team the other day, but how have you seen that, especially with the, the change at quarterback, just the running game evolving over the course of these first five weeks? Yeah, it's gotten better, and I think that's, that's a, a credit to the offensive line, but you know they do have three, and it, it, look, it's hard to replace the Devon Achey, and we're finding <laughs> out that you need three, right? Right. <laughs> what, for what Devon did. But, I mean, Amari Daniels has a ton of experience. Uh, Ruben Owens is the special one, right? He's the, he's the freshman from El Campo, and he's going to be a really good one. But Le'Veon's the one that's been around the longest. The thing with Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino is you've got to be able to run the ball, totally get it. But you have to pass protect, and you have to be able to catch out of the backfield. And at times, if you noticed against Arkansas, Le'Veon and Ruben Owens, or Le'Veon and Amari, they were part of the empty backfield. They were part of the five receivers that were on the field. So they can do that. There's a size and a strength uh, that Le'Veon possesses. Amari Daniels put on, you know, he put on more muscle, but he didn't lose his speed, which, which was impressive. Ruben is another one. Um, after one of the touchdowns uh, that he scored, I believe it might have been ULM, uh, there was a shot of Jimbo on the sideline, and he called for, he called for two, and he said, two. You know how much we love you, don't you? He said, you missed pass protection, and we still handed you the football, and he scored a touchdown. But that's what goes into being a running back in this offense, is you have to do it all if you're going to get the carries. But Le'Veon, 97 yards two weeks ago against an Auburn defense, 107, his first career 100-year, uh, excuse me, 100-yard rushing performance. That comes at Arkansas. To do it against SEC defenses has to be pretty special for that young man. Andrew, what's been the tone of Jimbo Fisher? I know he does the weekly show. You do a lot of different things for Adam, not just the broadcast. But have you noticed a, a, a not – is he more calm? What is his, like, demeanor now compared to this time a year ago? Uh, not – a year ago, the, it's really a shame the injuries were, were piling up. You'll remember we used – three quarterbacks last year, lost an all-SEC center at Bryce Foster, had just lost Anaya Smith in week four uh, to an ankle injury. So he would he would be out. And there were players in and out of the lineup. And having to use freshmen, I, I say this, baptism by fire, but I think they've been forged by that fire. I think they understand that they can play on this level probably sooner than what Jimbo wanted to do. I think he wanted to put them in for the 10 or 20 snaps, but instead they were playing 40, 50 snaps. And, you guys know, after that comfort factor, when, when you get too many snaps, that's, that's when some of the mistakes will happen. But I really think they were forged by that. He likes this team. I'm not going to lie. He likes he has the experience. You can't rush experience, and that's what, that was the problem last year is they were caught with a lack of experience. But I think the guys who came back lead the maturity, lead these teams with that experience, and it's they're really fortunate it's at each position. Anias at wide receiver and obviously punt return. Layden Robinson on the offensive line. McKinley Jackson on that killer defensive line. Edrin Cooper and Chris Russell had a chance to walk. They didn't. They came back in Damani Richardson on the back end. And Max Wright at tight end. Uh, guys who are likable, leaders, I think they go across both the offense and the defense. And when, you, when you're the first guy in the rep and you're doing it right, that it leads for that practice period to be really good and it moves. 
Jimbo knows he's got a good team. He's not going to ever shy away from that. And he's, and he's told this team that. Uh, but after Miami and then uh, uh, even at halftime at Auburn, he said, look, stop playing on eggshells and turn it loose. And you can see this defense is playing as well as it's played all season long. And this offense has been really good. They will take shots down the field for sure. And they've got some talent to go get those deep balls. So uh, it, it's been nice. And I think the last couple of weeks you've seen them play some complimentary football. Have they played their best? No. And it kind of frightens me. If they play a complete game, look out. That Miami game, uh, and a couple of things kind of sticks out to me in that there are probably teams in years past that would have let that undo them uh, in some of these other games because of having that one and the momentum so early in it on the road and then it going down the way that it did and some of the mistakes they made that they hadn't been making. But after that one, what have you seen turn that allowed them not to let Miami beat them twice, so to speak? Yeah, that, that's a great point. You never let one loss run into two, right? So <laughs> they focused on themselves. Look, they hate. They did not like that feeling. I thought they got out physical in that game, and I think they would admit that also. 33 points on the road should win you a game. 48 is not going to win you a game. I don't care where you're playing when, when you give up that many. Instead of, and this is what I've liked in adversity, instead of them saying, oh, here we go again, now they say, look, trust in yourself. Let's trust in one another. What's the reason why we all came back? What's the reason why we want to do something special with this group and got back to work? I'm going to tell you, it was an actually a good week of practice leading into Miami. It just Miami was even better than Texas A&M that day. Go back to the focus. And again, I, I think it is that, guys, you're good. And, and I think that was that message was reinforced to this team. You you are good. Go play. Go do this. A little, a little, you know, dinged a little bit on some key players, but Miami took it to them. And the feeling was, look, we went through this last year and we said we're not going to go five and seven. We're not going to have this same feeling. And I think you had leaders step up and say to one another, hey, let's change this. You're going to hear this phrase a lot, I think, through the rest of this year. Change the narrative. Well, Jimbo was real honest. He said, you didn't change the narrative. If you're going to keep going to the same script, you're going to get the same result. What are you going to do? And a lot of times he will say it. These, these players will say it. Look in the mirror. That's the, that's the only time you can be true to yourself. Are you doing everything that you possibly can? McKinley Jackson just said it today in the media availability. It's 11 guys, but everybody's got to do 111th of their job. And you're seeing that defense. They're all doing their 111th on that offense. That offensive line is doing their job. I think that's the thing. The success against ULM, it wasn't about playing Louisiana Monroe. It was about getting back to Texas A&M's identity. And I think you're seeing that identity emerge of being a physical team, for being a conditioned team, for being a team that really wants to play all 60 minutes. And the opponent saying 60 is enough. We've had enough. Uh, you kind of want to take the will out of other teams. And I kind of saw that the last couple of weeks towards the end of the Auburn-Arkansas game. And that's because I think the Aggies were play have played more and more to their identity. Andrew, how impressed have you been with Torian York, the true freshman from Temple, uh, SEC freshman of the week a week ago? I know he's a leader already on defense. I mean, starting right out of the gates, helping call plays and, and run the defense. He was a Baylor commit at one time. We watched him multiple times just down the road at Temple High School. Uh, but it just seems like he's come in and made a major splash right away. He's always started, right? He started four years in high school, correct? I believe Is so, my yes. understanding. Mm -hmm. He's always started. So you're asking a freshman middle linebacker, and you're right. You've got to make every call. He's made every call. At no time was there any indecision. 
You know, in one of the one of the uh, coaches' nights as we go around the state, uh, some of the some of the fans will ask Jimbo, "Hey, when you recruit a kid, do they ask about starting?" And Jimbo has said, "Every great player that I've ever had has never asked me if they're going to start. That's how confident they are in their ability. They know they're going to start, right? That's Tory and York. But more than anything, Jimbo has said, "One, he's 18 going on 30. That's how mature he is." But when you talk to your when you talk to his teammates about him, there is so much admiration. They love the way they play. There is that trust in him. I think he's something special. To be an SEC Defensive Player of the Week is something special. I think he knows that his defensive line is special. That is allowing him to make plays. Now, it's one thing for that front four. You still have to make that tackle. But I'm telling you what, 21 is always around the ball. And that's another change, I think, for A&M. Deeper, more talented linebackers. At times, they were thin in years past. They're not, and Tory and York, I think, is going to have a great career at Texas A&M. Andrew, I had mentioned this uh, leading up to the season that maybe because the spotlight was not so bright on them like it was a year ago because of the recruiting class that maybe that was a good thing. The expectations were kind of, you know, not quite the same. I'm not saying inside the program, and maybe that's allowed them to just go about their business with so much, you know, just do who they need to be, uh, be who they need to be, and not – be worried about getting caught up in all the hype. And, and I think that may have helped them as well. No, I totally agree with you. But here's the but, right? At some point, you've got to learn to play with that low yes. number next to your name, yep. right? Yep. But they weren't ready for that last year. The expectations were, were too big. Now with this group, I think they're fine. I think it's, hey, you know what? Underestimate us. I think that gives them a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. But at some point, that does change. No, I think you're right. And I think, you know, the win, I said this, the win over LSU last year at the end of 2022 had to be their first game of 2023. They were mad that there wasn't another game. Now, they had the right to be mad, but they put themselves in that position to not have another game. There was no bowl game. They didn't, they didn't win enough. So what are you going to do about it? And that's the work that you see in the offseason. That's the work that they did when you're not in camp, whether it's spring or fall. What are you doing on your own? But no, you, you, you make a great point. Look, so they were asked already today, hey, you guys aren't ranked. And the thought being, we don't deserve to be. We haven't, in their minds, we haven't done anything. All we've done is play the first five weeks. We're four and one. Are we still getting better? That becomes the most important thing. But no, I, I totally agree with you. It's like, yeah, I, I thought, I thought being ranked preseason number six, gosh, that's great, but they never played like it. And I don't know if that was part of that group that's no longer here. I mean, Yes, it's the number one recruiting class. Yes, a number of people left. But yes, it's still an impactful class that I think even with all the guys who leave, that's number four. And you're seeing the effect of that class. Evan Stewart, Noah Thomas, Bryce Anderson, uh, Walter Nolan. Those guys are now the impact guys. It didn't pay off in year one, but those guys aren't here for just one year. These guys are here for the four years or if you're going to go to Sunday, some of them want to play just it's just three now, right? They want to play three years and get to the NFL. But you have now they're becoming impact guys in their second and possibly third year. And the effectiveness of the transfer portal, I think they did that better in this offseason than they had in the past. They were able to fill in some holes with Josh DeBerry, one of the starting corners, with Geronte Davis coming from Jackson State as part of that linebacking crew. I think that has really helped them. But you've got to have those dynamite recruiting classes. And you know what? It's something Jimbo has done very well for six seasons. They're no longer out recruiting Oklahoma State and Houston. 
They're out recruiting Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. That's what he's really done, I think, with uh, he and his staff, uh, the recruiting in the offseason. Okay, so then how does A&M get over the historical hump that they win when there's no expectations, but when there are, they don't? Because Andrew, I've been following this team for the, the my whole life, and that's that's yeah. just what they are. Like it, it's so weird that that happens to them. It it, it was the November swoon, right? Mm-hmm. And November is what you remember, right? And all those years, they would be great, and they would be maybe number five in the college football playoff, and then go lay an egg at, at at Ole Miss, right? Something like that. You've got to trust in yourself, and you've got to have that. You've got to have that talent, and you've got to. I think you've got to play consistent football. I, I think it's a combination of. And again, fans hate to hear this, but it's got to be the preparation on Monday through Friday to play on Saturday. You can't say that, oh, I didn't, I didn't run that play right on Tuesday. But you know what? When it matters, I, it'll, I'll do it on Saturday. No, you're not. It, it, that You have to do it every single time to do it because when the crux of the game is there, you're reverting to what you've done in the past. So you can do it 11 out of 12 times. You've got to do it that 12th time. And when you have players like Shamar Turner on the defensive line that Jimbo says at every practice, he every snap, he's playing like it's for a national championship. When you have all 11 on defense doing that and all 11 on offense doing that, the confidence in yourself says we don't care who we're playing. We're playing to our standard. That's the difference. And I'm going to say this. That's what Alabama does. That's what Georgia's doing now. That's what Clemson's done in the past. That's what Ohio State has done. I think Jimbo Fisher is bringing that here. He's got more players who are doing that, more ballers, as he calls them. I think you have more of that. Once you do that, that's the standard for whoever's in this program and then whoever comes into this program going forward. Look, Nick Saban did it. He he did it better than anyone. You're going to play as a junior, as a senior. Freshman, sophomore, you're going to sit, wait your turn. All those guys who may not have liked that as freshmen or sophomores, well, they're playing in the NFL and realize, I was prepared. The goal is not to get to the NFL. The goal is to stay in the, in the NFL. It's all, look, the goal is also to win on the collegiate level. But when you have the confidence that you can do that, it doesn't matter who the opponent is. It matters what your standard is. Then that's when you realize you can play as a favorite, an underdog, but hopefully you're going to be so good you're always going to be the favorite and you're ready for everybody's best shot. Andrew, great stuff. We appreciate your time. Enjoy the week. I know you will. It is Alabama, Texas A&M on Saturday afternoon at Kyle Field in College Station. A heck of a matchup. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.